Welcome to Trawler Talk, the official podcast of Passage Maker Magazine, the long-range cruising authority. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief Jeff Moser. If this is your first time here, welcome, and if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. This episode of Trawler Talk is sponsored by Imtra. For any boat, you need lighting that is engineered for corrosion resistance, ease of installation, and practical functionality, combined with proven LED electrical design, efficient optical design, thermal management, and robust electronic components. At Imtra, we understand the core characteristics of high-quality marine lighting. We offer thousands of light fixtures from the world's best manufacturers of LID lighting. In short, Imtra is the best source for marine lighting. To learn more, visit Imtra.com. Now, let's go to our podcast. Before I took over the uh, editor's chair at Passage Maker Magazine, I used to be able to test a lot of fishing boats with another publication of uh, Active Interest Media, and that's Power Modiat. A lot of fishing boats means a lot of fishing. So whether I was in the Florida Keys or the Pacific Northwest or New England, we did a lot of fishing with varying degrees of success. And uh, one trip stands out to me, and that was in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So this was in the early 2000s and uh, on a boat that was big at the time, 36 feet center console. And we were mm, maybe 40 miles offshore and we just had a lot of success. Within 10 minutes, lines were popping. We had yellowfin tuna on board. We had wahoo. We had mahi-mahi. And, you know, the bike got cold after a while and we were heading in. And I don't know, maybe about 40 minutes into the trip, one of the guys comes up above decks and he's got fresh wasabi from the what he just made and he's got sashimi and i never forget i don't know whether it's the the taste which was exquisite or the pride of eating something that you just caught and harvested or maybe the camaraderie we're all enjoying ourselves as we heading back in but it's a memory that stands out to me and got me to thinking when i recalled it recently and started going on some forums about trawlers and looking on Facebook and seeing a bunch of people on their swim platforms or in their cockpits with fish, posing with fish. And obviously they're on trawlers and they're, they're making it happen, but these boats are not set up to fish, obviously. So again, I used another active interest media source and I went to editor-in-chief of Angler's Journal, Charlie Levine. And uh, Charlie's going to fill us in today on what we need to catch fish from a trawler. The equipment, how to do it, what to target, who to ask, and more. So this is a good one. Hope you stay tuned and enjoy. Charlie, um, I've seen, you know, a bunch of photos all over from the Pacific Northwest to South Florida to, you know, crossings in the Pacific where these trawlers are pulling in mahi, they're pulling in salmon, they're pulling in halibut sometimes. And uh, all they're really doing is, like you said, they're just throwing a line out there. So what do we need to know about how this works if you want to, you know, supplement some of your uh, sundries with some fresh fish. Yeah. I, you know, I used to fish off a trawler all the time growing up in Connecticut. Uh, we had some close family friends who had a, I'm pretty sure it was a 40 foot Marine trader trawler, aft cabin, dual cabin kind of setup. Mm-hmm. And we would often travel with them. My parents had a 40 foot sport fish. But we would find ourselves fishing off the trawler all the time because it was so good on fuel. And we used it for a lot of fluke fishing, you know, which you just basically drop the hook and you can use buy some squid and get yourself some lead sinkers and hooks. And, you know, the kids can have a field day doing that. And we would also troll it a little bit. Um, We would 
patrol for striped bass sometimes, like on the North Bar off Block Island, mm-hmm. you know, pulling wire line, or we even took it shark fishing a few times. Uh, back then, there was still codfish around, so we would go to Cox's Ledge, and we would codfish. And the, the friend of ours who ran it was just fish crazy. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't afraid to bring that boat anywhere. Um, <laughs> So it was a lot of fun. And when we were talking, I'm like, you could totally fish off of a trawler. And, and I'm glad to hear people are doing it. But I think you just keep it simple, you know. Okay. You, there's a few different things you can do with it, right? If you're going from place A to place point B, you know, you can definitely troll. I would keep it simple and maybe just run two lines at the most so you don't need outriggers and stuff. Okay. And, you know, the boat we were on had peak handrails all around the boat. So I'm pretty sure the, the rod holders we used, like, clamped on to the stainless post underneath the handrail and kind of stuck out a little bit. But there's a ton of aftermarket products like that you can buy if you don't want to start drilling holes in your boat for rod holders yeah. and things. Okay. And we just used simple setups. At the time, we used 10 senators, which is like a really affordable, conventional star drag reel. Um, I, they've been making them for a million years. And simple rods. And, you know, we just went out there and we would pull parachute rigs, which are sort of like a bucktail, and just do some basic stuff. We would, we would fish the race all the time which is that stretch of water you know where block island sound meets long island sound Mm -hmm. and that was usually we were dropping diamond jigs they're called which is kind of just a diamond shaped lead with like a little piece of surgical tubing or or a bucktail on it and you just drop it to the bottom and kind of jig it up and down Mm -hmm. and yeah we caught a ton of fish wow from a marine trader. That sounds great. So let's, let's, you know, let's unpack a little bit of what you just talked about. So let's talk about the setup you need. So I'm, you know, I'm going to go take a trip on my trawler, um, whether it's, uh, you know, the intercoastal or somewhere outside on the, you know, the U.S. East Coast. So what kind of ro- reels, rods, and lures would I need for like a basic setup if I'm going to be in, say, say I'm starting in South Florida coming up the coast and I'm going to be in the Chesapeake. So what would I need to, you know, maybe catch some mahi in Florida and then maybe some uh, striped bass up a little bit farther north? Yeah, I think you start with a couple spinning reels or spinning rods with spinning reels and okay. a couple conventional setups, which, you know, are um, tried and true, just sort of the reel sits on top and you crank away and you can use those for bottom fishing and trolling. Mm-hmm. And, Spinning reels are great because if you're out and about, say you're cruising up, you know, up the East Coast and you come up on a floating log and you notice there's a bunch of mahi hanging out under that log, Mm -hmm. which happens all the time. Yeah. Or, or you come up on a weed line, you know, same thing. There's usually mahi somewhere under there. Um, because the bait fish hide out under those logs or under that structure, which of course attracts, you know, mahi and other play dicks. Could be a wahoo. So if you have a spinning rod, you can chuck some lures over to it. You could use 
like a swimming plug, which those are the ones with the plastic bill on mm-hmm. the front of them. Mm-hmm. So when you chuck that out and you reel it in, it gets that swimming motion and it usually runs a foot or two feet under the water. Um, you could get a couple bucktails, which is just a, a lead head with some, you know, white or chartreuse deer hair on it. Um, those have worked for a million years. That's kind of all you need. And then for the conventional stuff, this would be your trolling outfit. Okay. And there is so many different trolling lures you can, you can carry, um, a blue and white Islander is sort of a gold standard. It'll work just about anywhere. Hmm. And that, again, it's got a weighted head and it's got a bunch of hair on the back of it. And blue and white is sort of a great color. Um, pink is usually a good color. And companies like Yozuri and Rapala, they all make swimming lures that you can pull behind the boat that if you're going, you know, anywhere from six to eight and a half knots. That's kind of a great speed to pull these swimming lures. And you definitely want to have a clicker on your reel. So you set that thing out there, maybe put it. It's hard for me to say because when we're trolling off big sport fish boats, the way we usually set up our spread is based on the waves in the wake. Mm -hmm. So you usually want your lures like on the second or third wave behind the boat. I don't really know. I can't picture what the prop wash looks behind uh, some of these boats that you write about, but, um, you know, maybe like 50 yards behind the boat, maybe, maybe run one close and one far or something like that. But if you only run two setups off the back of the boat, you don't really have to worry about getting tangled. Um, and yeah, just, just look for, look for color breaks where the water goes from you know a pretty blue to a darker color or from a a brownish green to a blue color breaks usually are areas where bait kind of hangs out and and of course so do the pelagics um and if you want to if you're a, a northeast boater you can absolutely troll for bluefish and striped bass and and that's a ton of fun too. At that same um, speed, Charlie, like six to five and a half to maybe eight and a half, nine knots is a pretty good speed for those. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, and for perfect. that, a lot of striped bass fishing on the troll is done a little further down in the water column. Okay. So it, if you were to get serious about trolling for stripers, you would probably either need like some lead to get you down while you troll. It's called a, a drail it's sort of a streamlined shaped lead mm-hmm. that you put in the middle of your setup or you control lead core line or wire line um not the most sporting way to fish but it's very very effective yeah yeah i hear what you're saying now, now i'm thinking about how i get fresh wasabi on board and some other stuff so i can have sashimi but <laughs> before i catch a before we get the fish in the boat the next question is okay your, your, your reel goes off and the drag starts, starts going and you know, you got a fish on. So how do you land the fish on a trawler, which, you know, does have a cockpit, but usually it's a little bit higher off the water than a, you know, a sport fish boat. And it does have a swim platform. You can always get out there. You feel it's safe and the conditions are safe. So what do you suggest? Um, 
to land the fish if you're moving? Would you would you stop the boat or I guess it depends. You would slow down. Yeah. You would probably slow down to idle and I would turn. I would start a turn, a big wide turn. Facing the back. facing toward where the fish pit, hit the hit the lure. Is that right? Okay, got it. So say the fish is on your starboard line. Mm-hmm. I would start I would slow down, start a turn towards starboard. Not enough that you're gonna like cut off the line, just sort of a big turn mm-hmm. to get to help you gain some line. You'll get kind of a belly in the line. And, you know, just fight the fish, you know, pull up and reel down. Don't reel against the drag. And if the fish is taking a ton of line, maybe tighten the drag a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to tighten it so much that the line will snap. Um, And that's something we should probably mention. You know, line comes in many different pound tests, which is basically a 50-pound test line will break under 50 pounds of pressure. So on your trolling setup, if you're targeting, you know, mahi and things like that, a 50 pound setup is probably more than enough for the job. Okay. And then you might want to have a more stout leader. So the leader is that last section of line. So there's usually the running line, and then you double it up with a knot, usually a bimini twist, mm-hmm. tie that to a swivel. And then on the other end of the swivel, you have a heavier piece of mono or fluorocarbon for your leader, Got it. maybe an 80 or 100 pound test, something like that. And that goes either to a snap swivel that you can use to snap onto your lure, or you could tie it right to a hook if you're using, you know, rig bait or something. Um, but yeah, so just slow down. Maybe start a turn, fight the fish. As it gets closer, I think it would be a good idea to have a gaff on board. Okay. It makes things a lot easier. I'm not a big fan of trying to pull fish in from the swim step. I guess if it's super calm, I mean, people do it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's probably just a little unsafe. I think you're much better off staying in the boat and gapping the fish and pulling it up over the, you know, covering boards. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these boats fortunately will have transoms that open for, you know, walkways and they have them on both sides of the boat or they have them on, they're on center line on, on the back of the boat. So they have these gates that'll open. So it's almost like a fish door. You can function like that, which is good. But, uh, I was going to ask you net or gaff and you, you say the gaff is probably the better way to go. Well, if it's a fish that you want to release, <laughs> then maybe not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a gaff is just a giant hook. But yeah. um, if it's a mahi and it's, you know, a legal size, you don't want to take a, a really small schooly dolphin, yeah. as we call them here in Florida. But, yeah, you could also get yourself a nice net. And the thing with the net is you just want to be careful with how you pull that net in. Um, you don't want to like lift it up like a lever. You want to kind of pull it straight up hand over hand because mm-hmm. if you have it out there and you try, it'll be really hard to kind of, you know, use it like a catapult to get it in. It's much easier to scoop the fish and just sort of pull it straight up. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea until you sort of, Maybe a lot of us don't know what the, you know, you can't tell from the water if the fish is legal or not. So maybe start with the net unless you see this thing and it's obviously a keeper, then go for the gaff. 
Yeah. I mean, gaff works really good and, um, it's kind of thrilling to, you know, think a gaff in a nice fish and that's usually when they go a little crazy and mm -hmm. big splashes and, you know, that's yeah. when you need to start thinking about your, uh, wasabi and soy sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a little ahead of myself there, but I could go to the next thing is a lot of these, these boats don't have fish, fish holds or, you know, fish boxes that are, that have, that are fed with ice machines. So I guess you're going to have to have a cooler nearby and some ice to sort of keep this thing till you're ready to prepare it. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I would imagine that's not much of an issue yeah. on, on the boat, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of refrigeration and mm -hmm. yeah, it would be good to, if it's a fish you intend to keep, um, it's always a good idea to bleed the fish and you can do that in a bucket or you could do it near the scupper and just hose it down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been on some of these boats and they're very nice and you probably don't want to get a bunch of fish blood on them, but um, you know, it hoses right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, it does hose off. And then, yeah, you, some, some sort of cooler or even, you know, a big bucket with some ice water in it, mm -hmm. you know, salty ice water works really good to cool fish down. And a, and a nice fillet knife, which any good kitchen knife will do double duty as a fillet knife, mm -hmm. and learn how to fillet a fish. And you know, it, there's something really rewarding about making some ceviche or sashimi from fish you just caught. You know, literally a, a couple hours ago. It's it's the best. Yeah, you'd be a very popular person at the Anchorage if you pull up and. Uh... You've got some fresh fish for everybody there, wouldn't it? Imtra is a 100% employee-owned company committed to bringing the best-in-class products, expert product knowledge, and unparalleled support to the entire marine community throughout North America since 1952. And I think bottom fishing is a ton of fun. Okay. And in, up north, there's a lot of different species you can target. Black sea bass, fluke. Um, you know, you can even catch stripers and bluefish, mm -hmm. uh, scup. And down here in Florida, there's a ton of different species yeah. from various jacks, groupers, snappers. And, you know, that's really just a matter of finding structure using, I mean, I would imagine you guys have massive electronic suites on these boats. Yeah. Decent transducers and just finding some live bottom and dropping the hook mm -hmm. and trying to get it. So you drop the hook, but park the boat right over the structure. And, you know, in that case you would need to pick up some bait. And, um, if you don't have bait, you could use those bucktail jigs. There's also these slow pitch jigs they make, which are kind of a spoon shaped jig. And as it drops, it flutters, you know, like a, Got it, yeah like a damaged bait fish and and those are really effective as well and a lot of fun to fish when a grouper comes up and hammers that thing you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be white knuckled pinned to the rail that's a that's a delicious fish and the aforementioned black sea bass my goodness like if it's prepared well that's absolutely delicious stuff uh, what yeah, and those are a lot of fun with the kids. You know, black sea bass don't get all that big. Mm -hmm. And when you're on them, it's 
lights out. They'll stick around and you can catch them for hours. And that's a great thing to do with the little guys mm -hmm. and gals. And what's the water depth of you? I mean, we could start with like, say you're in the Pacific Northwest and you're fishing for some of these bottom fish or, and then South Florida, for example, like you have more than enough lines. So you don't need anything to keep any, like I mentioned downriggers in an earlier conversation. You're like, well, you don't need anything like that, but what are the, some of the, no, you'll need some lead to get down there. Okay. So when I go snapper fishing off the Gulf coast, um, you're usually anywhere from, you know, 40 feet to like 120 feet of water. And to get down there, you could use that same pen Senator I was talking about. If you happen to put braided fishing line on it, you can get a lot more line on the reel than you could with mono. And, and so you don't have to really worry about line capacity. And then you'll have to just pick up some sinkers, you know, six ounce or four to eight ounces of lead, which they're egg shaped sinkers. And, you know, similar to what I was talking about before with a leader. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you put the lead on your running line and then you tie your swivel on. Mm -hmm. So the swivel keeps the sinker up a little bit. And then from the swivel, you put on a leader to a hook where you could use squid or, you know, sardine or whatever, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure what they would use in the Northwest. I've done some halibut fishing off um, Alaska, but that's sort of a whole different ball game. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Now say you're a, you're an amateur fisherman at best. Uh, some of the knots you mentioned and some of the other stuff, is there a tutorial online? Do you ever use something that just to give you a, a refresher or if you want to tie something that you've never done before, do you ever use like a YouTube or anything like that? Just to sort of learn the method of how to kind of get it done the right way. Oh my God. Yeah. Anything you could possibly want to know is on YouTube mm -hmm. and also, anglersjournal.com, uh, right on our homepage, we have a link to, I think, 15 different knots. Oh, that's that are great. Sort of, you know, the, but you really only need to know, like, three knots, truthfully. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to tie a hook on, um, which I use. It's called a uni knot, U-N-I. Mm -hmm. um, I use that knot for almost everything. Um, and then... If you want to be able to tie, you know, a, a line directly to a leader, um, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can use a uni to uni knot or an Albright knot, which are really easy to tie. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you maybe have a Snella hook, but that's, that's really all you need to know. I mean, if you want to create a double line, which is basically a big loop, um, that you tie at the end of your running line. Mm -hmm. um, you could tie a bimini twist, which is a little tricky, but once you figure it out, it's not bad. Or you could tie a surgeon's loop, which is super easy. Um, yeah, I, YouTube is your friend here. There's a gazillion tutorials out there. <laughs> Good. And once I think you figure it out and yeah. you catch a fish and you, and, and you enjoy it, it'll just sort of happen naturally. And then you kind of chat with other folks on the dock or whatever. And before you know it, mm -hmm. fish with a few other people or, you know, maybe charter a boat. 
charter a fishing boat. That's not a bad go idea. Out and, and, you know, have a fun day with the family, feel cooler. And uh, that's a great way to do it, too. You, you learn a lot by just watching and asking questions. Yeah, I like that, Charlie, because a lot of these uh, people that read Passage Maker will be transient all over the country and all over for, you know, whether it's a year, whether it's a summer or a season. So one of the best things to do is just ask the person who's in the boat, slip next to you. Like what species are, you know, are people catching? You know, what's the water temperature? Yeah. Right? Well, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing if you're going to new places is where do I go? Because Mm -hmm. You could be a half a mile off the structure and be fishing in a desert, whereas if you were right on that rock pile or wreck or, you know, reef, you could be catching fish nonstop. So that's a big one, and people don't always like to give up their spots, but there's usually quite a few um, spots marked on the charts now, um, places you can try. And just you look at your charts. You always want to look for structure. You always want to look for um, inlets are always really good or around the inlet. You know, if you're trolling, you want to troll on the edge. So like here in Florida, it'll go 100 feet, 100 feet. And then within a quarter mile, it'll be, you know, 800 feet of water. So that edge is where a lot of the pelagics cruise up and down. Mm -hmm. And that's probably if they're making, you know, a crossing probably right about where you are anyway. So as you're out there and as you catch fish, take mental notes, keep a log that helps a lot. That's great. Great advice, Charlie. Charlie Levine of Angler's Journal. He said, uh, there's some tips on anglersjournal.com for some 12 basic knots you're going to know. Uh, there's also YouTube, but really, there's nothing better than getting out there and doing it. So I highly recommend throwing a line out there and seeing what's what. Um, and once you catch a fish, as Charlie said, you might be hooked. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Well, I uh, hope you're staying cool down there. And uh, thanks for your time today. And um, I'll see you out there on the water. Maybe you'll see me on sitting on, a, uh, on the roof of an aft cabin watching the baits. All right. Yeah. Let's get some blood on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon, Charlie. Thanks. This episode of Charlie Chalk was sponsored by Imtra. Whether you're looking for navigation lights, underwater lights, interior, exterior, cabin, or utility lighting, Imtra has it all. Offering lights from leading bands like BCM, Lumashore, Prebit, French, DHR, and their own proprietary lights, Imtra has a team of experts dedicated to sourcing the best products and helping you find the perfect lighting options for your boat. Give them a call at 508-995-7000 or visit imtra.com for answers for all your lighting questions. Thank you for listening to Trawler Talk, the podcast of Passage Maker Magazine, a long-range cruising authority. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and go ahead and click that five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. And if you're not a subscriber to Passage Maker, it's easier than ever to get our magazine delivered to wherever you lay your head. Just go to passagemaker.com slash subscribe. This episode of Trawler Talk features post-production from Nate Gruca at Active Interest Media. For Passage Maker Magazine, this is Editor-in-Chief Jeff Moser. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, fair winds and safe travels.